Shall we begin? Why not? Welcome to Frankie Sense and More. It's like she's got a whole lot of goodness for you with a little bit of sass. Frankie, did you just say... She sure did. Not to mention, along with... Whoops. Join us now as Frankie Picasso and her new co-host mix it up with authors, musicians, and interviews with world-changing people. Let's begin. Okay, let's begin now, because it only makes sense. Shall we begin? Why not? Welcome to Frankie Sense and More. It's like she's got a whole lot of goodness for you with a little bit of sass. Frankie, did you just say... She sure did. Not to mention... Along with... Whoops. Join us now as Frankie Picasso and her new co-host mix it up with authors, musicians, and interviews with world-changing people. Let's begin. Okay, let's begin now, because it only makes sense. Well, hello there, and welcome to Frankie Sense and More. I am your host, Frankie Picasso. Say hello to my co-host, Frederick Bye. Hi. Hi, everybody. (laughs) We have a wonderful show for you today. We are going to take a trip around the 50 United States with, with author Lori Spangler, and we are going to listen to the inspirational sounds of soul singer, gospel singer, Cerise Patron, and we are so excited to share her voice with all of you because it's absolutely stunning. I'm going to let Fred take it away with our good news story, which is always related to the United Nations Global Goals. Tell us what we got today, Fred. And yes, today we have global goal number 13, which is climate action. What's more important? need that. Yeah, nothing's more important than that. According to Hillary, it's the most important issue today. Anyway, yeah. um, anyway. <laughs> uh, so 170 nations celebrate a pledge to eliminate super harmful greenhouse gas known as HFCs. HFC stands for hydrofluorocarbons. I'm sure I didn't pronounce it well, but, you know, it's okay. It's okay. It's a, it's a powerful <laughs> kind of greenhouse emission found in air conditioning units and refrigerators that trap 1,000 times more heat than carbon dioxide. If left unchecked, global HFC emissions could grow to be equivalent to 19% of total carbon dioxide emissions in 2050. And the deal could prevent up to 0.5 degrees Celsius of warming by the end of the century, which is very, very, very good. And uh, the pact also includes 500 international companies and subnational governments that have pledged to eliminate the HFCs as well. And a group of donor countries... Uh, and philanthropists announced their intent to provide $80 million in assistance to Article 5 countries to implement an amendment and improve energy efficiency. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. That's very cool. I think Leonardo DiCaprio was behind one of those, too, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. And it's so important because, you know, as, as the climate this summer, even, you know, in Toronto, which rarely, I mean, yeah, it gets warm here. People always think it's the Great White North, but it does get warm here, but it's not consistently in the high 90s, which it has been all summer. So that global warming really kind of scared me, and it really scares me more for the polar bears who um, you know, find themselves trapped and find themselves without food. And uh, it, It's such an important concern, and I'm so glad that you know everybody's finally getting on board with it. 
Yay. Right. Did, did you get like a hot uh, Christmas last year? Because we yes. got like a really yeah. hot Christmas. <laughs> yeah, hot Christmas, no snow, nothing. Yeah. Like, really freaked out. Yeah. yeah. And even now in October, you know, we had a cold snap and the leaves just turned. But yesterday it was like yeah. in the 80s. Us too, same thing. It yeah. was so warm. Yeah, Fred's was... in Montreal. In Montreal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Montreal. Yeah. Well, let's let's get going. Let's in, yeah. let's let's introduce our our guest today. I'm gonna start. I think I'm gonna start with Lori, uh, and then we'll intersperse a song from Cerise, and then we'll talk to her too. And Lori, we have three commercial breaks, just so that you know. And we encourage each of our guests to speak and ask questions of the other. So Lori Spangler was born and raised in Minnesota, and while growing up on a farm in a town, I think your population was around 700. Going on a trip meant traveling 20 miles to her grandparents' house, and as she grew older and ventured out of the land of 10,000 lakes, Lori discovered her love of travel. She set a goal for herself. She was going to visit all 50 states, which resulted in her debut book, Miles of Memories, One Woman's Journey to All 50 States. Please meet Lori. Hi, Lori. Welcome to the show. Hi, Frankie. Thanks for having me. Hi, Fred. Hi. Yeah, it's our pleasure. And I know that Cerise is is looking forward to talking to you, too. Now, you, you, you you came from a farm. And I know that a lot of times in the U.S., people, you know, they don't really think about traveling too much. They, they, they like the U.S. <laughs> and I liked in your book that you, that you talked about when you did meet people overseas, that uh, Americans, that you were disappointed that they stayed, you know, eating American food because it is kind of fun to try all these different things. But in the United States, you went around the States and it took you, I think it took you a number of years because I think you started like around 16. Yeah. How long did it take you to do all 50 states? Yes, it took me, well, when I started my goal, I was about 39, and at that point, I visited 20 states, and then it took me another 15 years to finish the other 30 states. Wow. Wow. The first state I went to outside of Minnesota was Iowa, which we share a border with, and I went for a family reunion when I was about 10. And that Hmm. seemed really far away. And that was, oh, and that was very far away for me, yes. It was across a border, across a state border. Um, yeah, it was very far. Wow, I love it. You, your first job, I think it was your first job anyway, you went to um, Custer, South Dakota, and you worked at, at Sylvan Lake Lodge there, which I think is really interesting because I went, I went to the fields, you know, Custer's Last Stand in, in Montana, I think it was, and uh, it's, it's an interesting place. Now, you, there was a mural there. Uh, from the 1800s called The Story of the White Buffalo, which when you went back, I think 30 years later, was no longer there. What, tell, us, tell us quickly that story. Do you remember it? Sure. sure, I sure do. So I went to Custer, South Dakota. I worked at the Seven Lake Lodge. I was a waitress, and there was a mural on the entire dining room, this huge room, and it showed Indians and Americans coming on the train, and it showed one white buffalo. And the story is that the Indians were trying to kill the white buffalo because they thought the white buffalo indicated the white man, and they believed that once they killed the white buffalo, the white man would go away. And then the end of the story is that the white buffalo was still there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I know, that didn't work. So we were always sure that story. It's just kind of a fun story because we were like, "What's what's with this big mural? And so I just got really used to sharing the story. And it was, dis- it was so disappointing 30 years later. You know how you want to go back and, oh, everything's going to be the same. And the yeah. mirror wasn't there. And I asked a couple of the waitresses, and they're like, what mirror? What are you talking about? And they didn't even know about it. Wow. Yeah, wow. things change. Yeah. 
things do change and not always for the better, but they do change. You know, it's interesting as I read your book, because I've been to a lot of the places that you've been to and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. But like when you went to Arizona, when I went to Arizona, we, I booked it right to the corner of Winslow, Arizona. I wanted to see Don Henley on the corner, you know, from the Eagles. And he's standing there in a statue with his guitar. And my husband and I are like, both, oh, let's get our picture with Don. Because uh, it was such a cool, cool thing to have them do, you know. Uh, did you go to Winslow? No, I did not go to Winslow. You didn't do that? But, I didn't. But actually, you're making me think now. I think, wouldn't it be a fun to take a trip to all the states and stand in those places that are part of movies or part of TV shows? So yeah, of course. Yeah. You, you've heard of my Mary Tyler Moore, right? The Mary Tyler yes, Moore show? Yes, for sure. So yeah. downtown, downtown Minneapolis has a statue of her where she's throwing her cap. Oh, wow. At the beginning part of the show. I know, so wouldn't it be fun? You could travel to the United States and you could be on that corner with um, Don Henley. You could be with Mary Tyler Moore. Yeah. And you know what? You know, it's kind of scary when you think about it, Lori. Um, I, I think that we might be similar age, but Fred and Fred and, and Patrice or Cerise uh, are like 30 years younger. So, you know, like, do you even know who Mary Tyler Moore is, Fred? No. no. <laughs> I do it. Mary Tyler Moore is? But no, no, no. I've heard. No, 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 no. I've, I've heard. I've heard it. But you've heard of her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But pretty soon, like all these people are going to be gone. And you know, like you, you went mm-hmm. to see a museum with Don Knotts from Andy Griffith's show. And I, I doubt he even knows who he is. Uh, but there's a whole generation who don't know who they are anymore. Yeah, like, it's really sure, kind of yeah. scary. Yeah. Weird. But you, you enjoyed going to, um, uh, oh, where were you? I think you were in Idaho. Must have been. Uh, uh, let me think. Okay. You, you, the statues of, or the heads that are carved into the stone, Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore, huh? How did you? Yeah, in South. There you go, South Dakota. That's right. Uh, I remember being there and just like being awed. And I know that you said that you were awed. It's incredible. Oh, it was just incredible. It was one of those things where I, I like I love mountains, and so I think mountains are beautiful. And then you get to this huge mountain, and it's just, I mean, it's like how could we do? How could a human being do this? It's just I know beautiful. And then fortunately, it was great weather when I was there, which always helps. But I mean, it's just it's like who, who thinks of these things, right? And then and now they're doing Geronimo's thing there. It's like crazy. What, yeah, what, I don't know how the, they built those. What was the place that really enlightened you the most? You know what I mean? That you you have to you, you, where you would say I would go there a second time. Oh, Fred, I would go everywhere I had been a second time and probably a lot more. But one place okay. that really impressed me was Graceland. And mm, really, right, Fred. The king. You know, oh, yeah, you well, know yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I kind of, you know, it's like. <laughs> so I went to Graceland, and it was just, um, yeah, I mean, it was just like, wow, Elvis lived here. And the house, that he, the Graceland, the house, had not been changed since he had died in the 70s. So awesome. I saw, you know, like the old shade carpeting, and there yeah. was a room that was like a den with carpeting in all four walls, and even on the ceiling, and. Um, his, he had had like a racquetball court, and that was all filled with his awards, and um, he's seen his um, grave site. It, it just really struck me because when you think of somebody who, he, you know, he died, like, I believe he was in his early 40s, and what an emphasis he's made on the music scene, not mm-hmm. only in America, but, you know, around the world. And sure. uh, what was really fun for me, a couple of weeks after I had been there, the emperor of Japan came to visit, and he was an Elvis fan, and he went to Graceland. Wow. Oh, yeah, well, we're really. going to go to commercial break. Just, uh, how, how, how long before commercial break? 
uh, Karina? A minute? I know. No, it's less than a minute now. Because um, I want to ask you about the jungle room. Did you go to the jungle room? Yes, I did. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> and what did you think of the jungle room? I love, I love that Mark Cohen song talks about it. Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy. Well, that's a place that everybody needs to go, I think, Graceland. And, and wow, just, just such an incredible place. We are going to go to a commercial break, um, as noted. And when we come back, we want to talk to Lori a little bit more. But I think when we come back, Lori, if you don't mind, we are going to play one of Cerise's songs. So, Karina, uh, cue one of those up. Maybe you can, uh, and we will introduce her. You're just getting warmed up. Frankie Sense and more will be right back after we pay the bills. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. To lose weight, we know that each day we need to burn more calories than we take in through eating, and exercise burns more calories. According to Discovery Health, a 150-pound person will burn about 60 calories while taking a one-hour nap. One hour of sitting and watching television burns about the same. But if that 150-pound person takes a one-hour brisk walk, then say goodbye to more than 250 calories. Cardio exercise like running, biking, swimming, and brisk walking are the best modes of exercise to burn the highest amount of calories and will get the endorphins flowing in your body. Those feel-good neurotransmitters boost your mood naturally. So use exercise to burn calories, lose weight, and to feel good. I'm Annette Hammond. To hear other fitness and weight loss tips, visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. This is the Toginet Radio Network, broadcasting quality programming to the world. years ago, some fishermen off the coast of Italy discovered some pottery along with fish in their nets. Divers were called out and discovered an ancient Roman ship whose galley, or caboose, a nautical term for kitchen, was extremely intact. Some of the food uncovered on board was pickled fish, wine, oil, and grain used to make the ship's biscuits, otherwise known as dandy funks. It is thought the 2,000-year-old boat was probably on its way to Spain when it sunk and was covered by layers of mud, baggy wrinkles, and all. Baggy wrinkles are another name for the ship's ropes. The mud protected the ship from wear, explaining why the leftover food on board was still in such good condition. We land lovers may not be familiar with leftovers on the sea, but we are familiar with leftovers in our kitchen. It's words you never I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. And we are back with Frankie Sense and more. I'm here with my co-host Fred and Lori Spangler's mm-hmm. here. And so is Cerise Patron. And she's here. And we're going to bring her on right now. Cerise is an inspirational singer, a songwriter from Phoenix, Arizona, who got her love and her start in singing by attending different churches with her family. 2001, she found New Thought and began to write music promoting unity, empowerment, love, peace, and world change and service. A soul singer with a message of being the change she wants to see in the world, Cerise will be releasing her second CD, If Not Me, before the end of the year. What a great title. Uh, Today we will hear two of her songs, Let Freedom Ring, Greatest Yet to Be, and we are going to hear Let Freedom Ring right now before we even speak to her. Go ahead, uh... It can't start across the country 
or start with someone else The freedom that you're seeking begins with yourself Just think of what it would be like If we could all unite And walk hand in hand together Instead of letting go To find I stand for love I stand for truth I stand For you, I stand for peace, for peace I sing. In all the world, let freedom ring. In a life where life is separate, in a land that's not our own, walk around to Destined to be alone But if we could only realize The truth that's at our core You see it matters not what you're against But what you're standing for I stand for love I stand Okay, and that is a beautiful voice of hey, man. Oh wow, my God! Wow, you have I'm an more, incredible I'm spiritually talent. higher already. Jeez. <laughs> Thank you. you. Stand for truth. You stand for love. I love it. Yes. Now, is I that one do. of your songs, or is this a song that, that somebody else wrote? I actually wrote that song. Yeah. Wow. wow. You're very talented. But let, let me ask you this: you, you since 2001, you said you discovered new thought. Um, why why do you see you discovered new thought and what's the difference between the new thought movement and you know kind of traditional movement so and what, uh, what I did you towards that I did grow up in traditional churches and um when I sort of discovered new thought churches I asked the same question what's the difference here <laughs> um <laughs> new thought is really um the focus is not on who your higher power is or focusing on God or um, your, but really focusing on your own relationship with your higher power, whoever that is that, that it may be for you. So it is an all inclusive religion. Um, you can come just as you are in whatever you believe. And really the focus is on um, putting out positive energy, uh, believing in yourself, connecting yourself to your higher power and really building that relationship, believing in who you are and using that relationship you have with your higher power to go out and make a change in the world, to be more tolerant, to be love in the world, to make a difference um, and be of service to other people and really 
you know, go out and walk your talk, stand for what you believe in and, and make the world a more beautiful place because of it. I like that. Right. I really like the, the, you know, the title, if not me, then who, right? I mean, that's the next yes. question. Then, then who? And, and it really is, you know, for me, it's, it's like gone to be the change you want to be in the world. And, and you really do need to be that change and, and, you know, take that leadership role and walk your talk. And when you walk your talk, you're authentic. And, and so when you, you know, you write a song like this and you sing a message like that, like, what is it, what is the change that you want to see specifically? Well, I want to see the world really embrace love, true love, not love with uh, conditions and love with, I love you if you do this for me. But really, I think that if we can be love in the world, unconditional love, unconditional love, then we can actually create a world that works for everybody. We can create peace in our world. We can, you know, look at another person and, and say, I love you just as you are, even if you don't love me. And mm -hmm. then as we all start to feel loved, um, mm -hmm. we, I think our actions change. We don't have to be so defensive. We don't have to be so angry. Um, because I think that's where a lot of it starts is that we, as humans don't, don't feel loved and we don't feel heard and we don't feel accepted as we are. And so I think it's a, a really important thing. And I think that would, that's probably the stand that I take the most is, is to promote love in the world for everyone. Do you have like do, do you have a habit that fuels your creative life? Uh, I do meditate every day, um, and I it's not always sitting in a quiet room. I have three kids and a very mm -hmm. busy career, um, but I do find moments to close my eyes and remember who I am and connect, reconnect with nature, reconnect with the world around me. Um, and sometimes that's coming, you know, at a very difficult time in my life. You know, things always happen and come up, and I have to sometimes close my eyes and take a moment and say, okay, who am I in this moment? And who am I choosing to show up as in the world and kind of align myself with that so that I don't react to situations or react mm -hmm. to the world around me, but really come from my own positive choice to, to show up. And sometimes I fail, you know, we're human, <laughs> we're human, but, mm. but I strive every day to, to, to be that. Did you always oh, go, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Lori, go ahead, Lori. I just had questions, Therese, about the meditating. As you were talking about your three children, do you teach your children to meditate, to meditate as well? I do, uh, and each of them do it very differently. But um, my my daughter has some some issues with focus, and she has a hard time collecting her thoughts. So we use uh, meditation as a focus practice, so that we are listening to what we can hear around us at any given time, and and really kind of focusing on who we are. And we do positive affirmations together that we are inherently good. Uh, I want her to learn that um, that she is inherently good and we all make mistakes and that tomorrow is a new day and we have the choice to wake up and make different choices in our lives and and be the best me we can be so to speak 
I like that, you know, because one of my, my big issues with organized religion, um, especially Christianity, is is this this idea that you're born in sin, that you're a sinner. You start off a sinner. And I'm like, what? <laughs> it just drives me absolutely insane that somebody would think, that a child would think, oh, I'm a sinner, and come and grow up with that idea that they need, you know, to come out of that and, and be something different other than who they are. So that that's my own pet peeve, and it's my show I can say it. <laughs> Because I do believe in love. I, you know, I, I, I've studied all religions, and I really, truly do believe. Um, I don't like dogma, but I do believe in in love. I believe in the way Jesus walked through the world with love. I believe, you know, in just everything, Buddha, whatever. But truly, I think that love is the answer. It really yeah. is the answer. And if we can learn to to, uh, like you said, respond rather than react. If we can learn just to be accepting of others, and you know, with with everything that they come with. It's, exactly. That would be a really good thing. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, the world would be a very different place. Mm-hmm. Did you Did you always want to, to be um, a, a singer? I mean, how did you discover? Because obviously, it seems like it's your a it's your I talent. Not be a singer. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes, no. Sometimes there are great singers, but they just don't do it. You know. Sometimes yeah. there are people who are great singers, but just don't just don't just don't do it. So what's your story on that? Well, I I did grow up in a gospel singing family. So most everyone in my family sings, even still currently, or, um, you know, plays an instrument or does both. Um, And I think that that helped fuel that. My grandmother played piano and she'd always say, come on, Cerise, you're going to sing. And we'd get cousins together at family reunions and stuff and we would all sing. Um, but really as an adult, I did shy away from singing. I got scared. I didn't want to do it. It was scary to be up in front of people and to be so vulnerable, but I realized that the pain of not doing it was stronger than the fear of getting up and doing it, especially once I found a message that I really connected to and I wanted to share with the world. Yeah. You, Mm -hmm. you mentioned to me before the show that you're interested, that you're excited to talk to Lori because of her travels. What place have you always wanted to go to that she went to and she can tell you about it? Oh my gosh. I have always wanted to go to New York. Actually. I've never been to New York. I've never been up North. I've never been up north in the United States. So pretty much everything up there entices you, me. Oh, I don't, yeah, I just said you lived in Phoenix. Okay. So why don't you tell her about your New York experience, Lori? And we're going to go to commercial break, actually, probably in about a minute. But go ahead. We'll start it. Oh, perfect. So actually, I've been to New York twice, once to upstate New York, and anything higher than New York City is called upstate. Went hiking with a friend, and then I spent two wonderful days in New York City. What a wild, crazy place it is. I actually mm-hmm. spent some time with a co-worker, and I went in the subway, and he kept yelling at me, don't touch the handrails, because everything was so dirty. So when you when you go through, do not touch the handrails. It really is a filthy <laughs> subway. <laughs> Have you been to New York, Fred? No, never. Oh, I love New York City. It's so exciting. There's such a, there really is um, an energy, an energy, especially in Manhattan. You're walking around and there's such an energy. And I remember taking my daughter, my kids, all my kids went, but my daughter, especially, she was probably about 13 and she turned to me, she goes, this is my city. I'm going to live here when I grow up. And I'm like, <laughs> isn't it, isn't it like a beer Toronto? It's no, it, it's different than Toronto. It's busier than Toronto. It's, it's, it, it is kind of Toronto's maybe a, a wannabe New York City, but there's just a different yeah, yeah. energy, just a different, yeah. you know, the immigrant thing. I don't know what it was, but there it is. It's very, very different. But I love it. And and they got great pizza. You said you had a great pizza pie, slice of pizza for two bucks on the corner, and you've got sausages and grilled peppers and just the food's 
like to die for in New York. Like you can find everything, just like in Toronto, like 90 different ethnic, you know, restaurants, whatever. We're off to our commercial. We'll be right back with all of these wonderful guests. We'll talk about more as we get back. Frankie Sense and more. We'll be right back after we pay the bills. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Prevention Magazine claims potatoes have been given a bad rap among dieters. They say it's because people tend to consume them in the form of greasy french fries, chips, and buttery mashed potatoes. But potatoes really are a nutritious food when they're prepared the right way. One medium potato has about 150 calories and 5 grams of fiber. It also packs nearly 20% of your daily quota for heart-healthy potassium. So bake, roast, steam, or boil potatoes, and don't lather them up with butter and excessive sour cream or mayonnaise. Skip the fried versions of potato chips and fries. For an even healthier version, choose sweet potatoes that are rich in vitamin A. Not only do they taste delicious, they can also help lower blood pressure naturally. I'm Annette Hammond. If you're a fan of Fitness Minute, like us on Facebook at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. It's marching down. Halloween is almost here, and the scarecrows, or tatty doolies as the Scottish call them, are out. But Halloween is all about trick-or-treating, and that means candy. The average American eats 24 pounds of candy a year, and most of that consumption occurs around Halloween. What do you call a person who loves to eat? A grand gozier. Popular costumes for this year are happy face and wink face emojis. Of course, since it's a presidential election year, there are various costume choices for those who wish to dress up as Democratic candidate Hillary Clinton or Republican candidate Donald Trump. If you ask me, the only thing scarier than Halloween this year is the presidential election. What's another word for the fear of Halloween? Sam Hainophobia. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Okay, so we took us we took a trip to New York, and Fred, you had a question for Lori. <laughs> yeah, uh, look, I'm a Michael Jackson Mark uh, fanatic, and come on, talk to us a little bit about your your trip to California, and where did you visit that that is linked Great. to Michael Jackson? Well, unfortunately, Fred, I did not visit any Michael Jackson places, but I did see dolphins swimming in the ocean in San Diego, so that was fun. I went to the Wild Animal Park. I also went, another thing that I enjoy doing, and and if you don't live in the States, it maybe isn't quite as important to you, but visiting presidential museums. So I went Mm. to Nixon's Presidential Museum, which was really fun. So similar to Michael Jackson, but not quite. Um, Mm. um, (laughs) One of the the souvenirs that I bought there, I I have it on my refrigerator. It's a magnet. And it has Elvis Presley, who we just chatted about, um, shaking hands with Richard Nixon in the Oval Office. Wow. Wow. That's funny. The dichotomy of personalities. It really is. Yeah. And how how was the, I mean, how was it for when you saw Nixon's... uh, Room, room and stuff. What I enjoyed about it was, well, he, he's bar- he and his wife are buried there. I saw the house where he was born. But then in yeah. the actual museum, it had uh, museum, know, yeah. the, 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 the things that, you know, the country cares about, like foreign relations and whatnot. But it also had some fun things. And I don't recall, know if you all recall, well, probably not, now that, you, now that I found out how much younger you are than me, Fred and Cerise. 
Um, but <laughs> when, his, when he was in the White House, his daughters had got him a little dog, from a, a, present, a present of a little dog called Checkers, and then there was this huge big hoopla about it because it meant that he was accepting gifts. And so mm. there was a whole um, exhibit about the little dog Checkers. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to go back around yeah. to Arizona again, because in Arizona, which is, or um, actually, yeah, Cerise lives in Arizona, too. We have what I consider to be, like, one of the most beautiful places on Earth, and that's the Grand Canyon. Uh, like, awe-inspiring is all I can say. Mm-hmm. Each of my kids have just visited there and were blown away. Uh, what, was your, what was your impression? Oh, it was totally beautiful. I went with a friend who had been there before, and he had me close my eyes and take, take me towards the edge. And again, trustworthy Lori here takes me towards the edge, and then he has me open my eyes, and it was right at sundown, and it was just beautiful. Oh, wow. We had a couple of days of hiking. We went to the south rim and the north rim. You had mentioned geography earlier. It's so different on both rims, but it is just beautiful. You know, we're so fortunate to have such beautiful country, just the geography. It, oh, it was, yeah, just awesome. I, can't, I can't even describe it beyond that. It was just beautiful. Sarisa, have you taken your family there? I have. We were actually there for a family reunion in June nice. uh, this oh, summer. Nice. Yeah, and so I've been there a few times. And, I, I mean, really, I always think when I'm standing on the rim and I'm looking down, I think mm-hmm. I feel so small and so connected all at the same time to the world around me. It's, it's mm. a, an amazing experience. I think um, my first look- thought was... You know, sorry, I, I just thought my first thought there was, yeah, there's a God. Like, it was just uh, that. Oh, sure. Yeah. Go ahead, Fred. L- Laurie, each chapter, each chapter of your book ends with Laurie's learning, and you include words of wisdom. Um, what, what would be the most important thing you learned from all of it? Like, Well, actually, yeah. if it's a, the most important thing that comes to mind is it fits in very well with our conversation. It's actually in Arizona. A friend and I had gone, and we were driving back from the Grand Canyon to Phoenix, which I think is like about a four- or five-hour drive. It was on Labor Day weekend. The temperature was like 100 degrees, and we got a flat tire. After uh. we finished, actually, I'm using the word we royally. After we, meaning my friend, finished changing the flat tire, I thought we should just stick it in the back seat because it would be quicker, right? There was space there. And he goes, no, no, no. So you have to go in the trunk. And we kind of argued about it, but for about 30 seconds. And, I mean, how ridiculous is that? Why spend time wasting energy on something so petty? And yeah. my Lori learning for Arizona is, um, you know, think of when you're spending time arguing, and especially don't argue with somebody who's kind enough to change the flat tire. Yes, true. A lot of my Lori learnings are some kind of fun, and I'm just kind of like, yeah, it's like, why do we waste time and energy on things that really aren't going to matter? And what did you learn about yourself? That you didn't know uh, before. About um, I, what I've really learned about myself on that, I, I like I love to travel alone, and I figured that out by taking trips with other people. So some mm-hmm. like I took a trip with my mom, and that was fine. My friend Greg in Arizona, that was fine. The and the friends, so I'm very particular in terms of who I'll travel with. Whereas I know other people will just, oh yeah, I'll go on a trip just because it's a trip. But it's like I have to really think if can I put up with because I live alone with my plants. Right. Can I can I put up with this person? And even though they could be a good friend, but can I put up with them for you know three days or a week? Yeah. yeah. Now yeah. Therese is used to being around her three kids all the time, so she would travel <laughs> with them, right? <laughs> uh, I like to travel without them also. Yeah. <laughs> Every yeah. once in a while. When you know when I did the U.S., my husband and I did it in the front of a um, a Ford pickup, and we took a month and we did it. So we hit almost every state. 
Yeah, it was fun because it was like boom, boom. But it was I liked it because like we were driving like you did in a lot of the places and you really get to see people and meet people. So one of the places that you went, which I think is really cool, is the Four Corners, which, um, it, it, you know, it's an interesting place to go, right? You you hit the Four Corners of, what is it, Arizona, New Mexico, um, Utah, and uh, what's the other state? I'm missing. I'm Canadian here. Help me out. <laughs> yeah, Arizona. Utah, um, Nevada. Nevada. There you go. Colorado. Yeah, Colorado. Yeah, Colorado. Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's a fun place to go. And you went to, you brought back such great memories for me because you taught in Durango. Didn't you take some school kids and then you went up to the Mesa, which is where, um, oh, what a great place that is. Durango is like one of my most favorite places. And then you lived in in Colorado Springs. Ah, loved it there. I know. I moved there when I was a young 27 and I worked at a children's camp for the summer outside of Durango. And so it was a fun way to learn the mountains, which I had not been exposed to before. And then after that, I went and moved to Colorado Springs. I was just ready for a change. But yeah, Mesa Verde down in the southwestern corner of the state, um, Colorado, uh, well, I mean, all of our states are beautiful, but Colorado especially, just the mountains. I love Colorado. And um, you're, like, especially like in Colorado Springs, you wouldn't have snow, but I could see Pikes Peak and the snow was on the top of Pikes Peak. And I mean, yeah, it's just beautiful. And just the people you meet there, Colorado Springs is especially, I don't want to use the word transient as a bad thing, but there are several military installations there. So mm-hmm. meeting a lot of different people from different places, which is fun as well. What about, what about Texas? You, so, <laughs> I want to know about Texas. Okay, uh, Texas. Yeah, just a fun, interesting fact about Texas, and you know, just ask I don't know. Karina, our producers from Texas, yeah, our yeah, radio yeah. stations in Texas. <laughs> so, so you, you've heard how everything is. Big I, I feel, Texas, I feel right? sometimes, I, I just feel sometimes that Texas is like the Quebec of, of United States, and that they're and they're they're not by themselves, but it's like mm-hmm. they could be a country by themselves type thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean could it's be huge. It's huge. <laughs> yeah. It is super hot. Yes, hot. Um, No, I love Texas. I actually went there to visit my brother, who um, so I did some family things with him. But no, it was just a beautiful state. And again, kind of the dichotomy where it's kind of dry, you know, kind of um, arid, semi-arid. But then in um, Austin, there was the um, these beautiful parks and lots of trees and foliage and greenery, and yeah, just very different. Um, one day we drove down to San Antonio, which was fun, and saw the River Walk. It's, um, again, just another beautiful state and kind of a variety of things. And, Fred, I would encourage you to find what, it, what most interests you about um, Texas. Have you heard of the Alamo? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, well, vaguely. Okay. <laughs> We're going to make Fred go and do a history lesson. Go read about the Alamo and come back. <laughs> Cerise, have you been to Austin? I have not. I've driven okay. through Texas. So I've been to Amarillo, I've been to Dallas, uh, Fort Worth, um, been to San Antonio, but really just driving through to you get to stop. New Orleans because yep. uh, I used to go visit a lot to visit family. Music capital, music capital of Texas. You yeah, gotta, I've got to go there. I, friend, I have yeah. friends there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You said Alamo? You said Alamo? Alamo. Texas? Okay. Yeah. Read about the Alamo. The Alamo. Rio Grande Valley. <laughs> the Alamo. The, the yeah. stand at the Alamo. The last stand. Um, let's let's play Teresa's song, Greatest Yet to Be. We'll take that out and we'll see where we get. 
for a commercial. commercial break in just a few seconds but that again is the sound of cerise patron she's just a powerful beautiful clear singer just amazing frankie sense and more we'll be right back after we pay the bills it's why does music give us chills Goosebumps, or the medical term peripalation, occurs while listening to music. That's because music stimulates a reward pathway in the brain, encouraging dopamine to flood the striatum, a part of the forebrain activated by addiction, reward, and motivation. Melomaniacs or passionate music lovers can get the chills from songs they are familiar with as they anticipate that long-awaited chord at the climax of the piece. Music, it seems, affects 
our brains the same way that chocolate gambling and potato chips do. I think I may need to stick to chocolate and potato chips because I tried piano lessons and I felt like a gustum noodle. What's a word for a person who dislikes practicing the piano? A mesodactylitist. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's words you never heard. Researchers at Binghamton University's Department of Psychology in England believe that if you use a period while texting, it makes you appear less sincere. Hey, autocorrect alone makes my texts look like they came from a goostrum noodle. The study goes on to say that using a period in a text conversation is an act of psychological warfare. Hyperbole, maybe, but we get the point. The same research also found that exclamation marks are more friendly and sincere than no punctuation at all. Talk Talk Mobile states that you should always match a kiss for a kiss when texting significant others as well. Fewer or more digital kisses compared to your partner can be construed as a brush off. Would someone who is distracted by their phone while driving be considered intexticated? I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. And we're back, and we left with the sounds of Cerise Patron. Her CD is going to be coming out the uh, middle of December. So just in time for Christmas, you're going to want to check that out. And uh, Cerise, just tell us again where people can find you. Are you on CD Baby, or where will they be able to pick that up? I am. I am on CD Baby. Uh, it's cdbaby.com slash Cerise. Uh, you can also find all of my music on iTunes. And um, you can even friend me on Facebook. And I've always got where I'm singing next, when my CD is coming out, where you can buy it. So it's just uh, facebook.com slash Cerise Patron. Now, one really cool thing that you do is you write songs for other people. I do. And this is fairly within the last couple of years I've started doing it. I only know one other person that does that. <laughs> so, so tell me, tell us about it. Like if I wanted a custom song, like, like it'd be a husband for a wife or a child or something. Is that what Absolutely. You do? But, but even more than that, there are, um, I found that there are some people who are maybe going through trials and tribulations mm-hmm. in their lives and uh, who maybe have a dream of something bigger or want to do something else with their lives. And so I will have an interview with them. That's usually about a half an hour to an hour, depending on their story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can take, Take that and write an inspirational song personalized for them based on their Mm -hmm. story so that they can listen to that song as they are moving forward with their dream to continue to inspire themselves based on on their own life and what's going on with them and what they've been through and what they've come from already and what their goals are. Uh, And then I do also write music for um, for lovers or for, you know, a husband and wife yeah. I recently did uh, for their their wedding anniversary. Um, and I I didn't know that I would be good at it, but I guess I, I kind of am. And I'm really excited to be able to share that with people and give that gift to someone of That's an something awesome so personalized. Yeah. Cerise, what was because uh, you mentioned earlier that you were shy, you know, f- for a music career before you like you weren't comfortable. What was the breakthrough? for you that you said you know what bang i got i gotta do it like because you say it's it was more painful to stay where you are than you know taking the risk type thing what was the breakthrough 
really the breakthrough was the first time I ever walked into what is currently my church, the church that I go to. Um, and I walked in the first day and there was this amazing singer. Um, there's a lot of us kind of in a small community who sing at the different churches in, in the area and in the country. Um, and her name was, is Renee Morgan Brooks. And, uh, she was singing, on the stage. And it was this positive, inspiring, uplifting song. And I heard her singing and I sat down and I felt so enveloped by love. And I felt like I had finally found a place where I could feel loved and accepted as I was. And hearing her sing, I just went, that's it. That's what I'm supposed to do. That's what I'm supposed to do with my life is sing music that inspires other people to live their best life. Mm-hmm. And that's when I decided I I would face that fear and I would do it. That's awesome. Lori, I want to make sure we get Lori's uh, info in. You can go and get her book and read all about her at www.lorispangler.com. And I'm sure that it's available on Amazon and uh, Barnes and Noble and all those other great places that you buy books. (laughs) I also have a Facebook page, so facebook.com slash miles of memories book. I want to talk about the love that we both share, Lori, and that's for ice cream. Now, you had ice cream a lot of different places, but uh, you went to Vermont. Yes. And <laughs> to Ben and Jerry's. And tell us about your your uh, your walk through Ben and Jerry. First of all, Vermont is stunning. It's like my most favorite place, really. It's a beautiful state. Oh, it's gorgeous. <laughs> when I went to Vermont, I stayed one night in the um, former home of... Um, uh, I just based on his name. The, no, uh, the- uh, Rockwell. Norman Rockwell. Norman Rockwell. I was thinking Rockefeller. I was like, no, Norman Rockwell. It was fine. <laughs> and then I just kind of meandered through um, Virg- um, Vermont. It was just beautiful. And then I got to Ben and Jerry's. Oh. And so I did the little tour. You know, they show you how the ice cream is made and put into the canisters. And then also they give you little samples at the end, which was the best part. It was just beautiful. Um, well, it's actually delicious is probably a better word for it. And I was staying in a hotel without a refrigerator or freezer. Otherwise, trust me, I probably would have bought a lot to have back in my hotel room. But it was just so fun to be there. It's such a well-known ice cream. And the fun mm-hmm. things that they do to engage their employees and how they name their products. It was, oh. and, and I don't want to break, but I also saw the cows where they get the milk from. Wow. Mm. Did, you, what, did you have a favorite flavor from Ben & Jerry's? Um, do you have a favorite flavor? Um, I really love Chunky Monkey, and I also love Coconut Almond. Nice. Mm. Yeah. I got a good story about Ben & Jerry's. I once, um, a couple times actually, I interviewed this woman. She's a graphologist, which means she analyzes handwriting. And oh. Jerry Cohen did not hire anybody without having them send her their handwriting. And she could tell you about your personality like no one's business. It was just freaky. I had her do it for me on air. It was like, Incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Very crazy. Yeah. Hey, um, Laurie, uh, you said your book validates that anyone can do anything they set their mind to. Yes. Explain that. Explain that to us. Like, sure. Was that was that your goal? But my goal was to visit all the states. And when I finished, a friend said, "So now you're going to write a book?" And I was like, "Well, no. Why would I do that?" And she said, oh, you should, you know, da-da-da. And I said, okay, who would want to read a book about my travels to the 50 states? 
And she said, well, your nieces would. And I was like, oh. So I was ready for another goal. And so then I made the goal to visit, I made the goal to write my book, which took me about five years off and on. And the validation for me in both goals is that set the goal and then plan how you're going to meet it and then meet it. I've met mm-hmm. so many people when I tell them I've been to all 50 states that they'll say, oh, I've always wanted to do that, or I wish I could do that. And my advice is to figure out a way to get it done. And I know it's, you know, financially it's hard, um, hard to find the time. But if it's a goal for you, you'll um, be able to plan mm-hmm. it and figure it out. So, yeah, any, I, I think most everyone can do it. Maybe I should say everyone. Most everyone can do it, but you just need to plan. Because if you don't plan, you're going to wake up someday and it's like, oh, I never did what I wanted to do. Well, you could go sit at a beach for you know, two weeks, or you could travel around the U.S., <laughs> you know, and hit a bunch of states. Yeah. Yeah, I really can. I mean, it's, it's, and, and goal setting is, is, you know, human beings are goal setters in our mind. Our minds, our brains are set up to, to meet goals. I mean, they really are. And so when you set a goal and you decide to do it, um, you know, we're, you have help inside your brain to make you want to do that, to, to help you do that. So really it is wonderful. But when you set a goal, um, you have to set a date. Because usually if you don't set a date, it's just a daydream. So good for you. The other the other goal that you set was to write that book, which is another dream of many, many, many people. Mm-hmm. Uh, many people I meet, you know, gee, I wish I had written a book or how do I write a book? I, I hear that every day. And, you know, I... Fred and I both and both of our different shows uh, interview lots of authors. And, you know, I'm an author. And uh, writing a book is, is really just sitting down and saying, I'm going to write a book. No, you're right, it is. And even if you think, oh, my writing's really bad, just put it down, come back to it, share it with friends, get some ideas. It's just, it's a long process. But I cannot tell you how proud I am when I am standing up in front of people and saying, I'm Lori Spangler, I'm a published author, and I'll jump up and down and and holding my book. I mean, I can't believe it. I'm a simple farm girl, right? And here I am, a published Mm -hmm. author? I mean, yeah, it's amazing. It was fun to watch your your trip, you know, it, not just your trip around the 50 states, but your trip from being a very naive farm girl, really, <laughs> like, you know, uh, and, and maturing through the years and really maturing and, and, and seeing, you know, your new outlook on life and, and how, how you're, you know, you expanded your horizons, really. I, I'm glad you clarified a very naive farm girl, because oh. I was. Um, one of the stories in the book is um, my trip to Missouri was when I was like 11 or 12, and we were going there for Christmas time, and I got up in the morning, and all of a sudden I had a new nephew, and I was like, where'd he come from? Mm-hmm. I, didn't understand. I know, and by that age, you think I would. Especially for a farm girl, you didn't know where the two nephews came from. <laughs> no, I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> this nephew. Hey, Cerise, um, I have a question. Uh, what would yeah. you say to someone who fears he, he or she is not a creative person? Wow. I The thing is, I think we are all creative. All of us are creative. And I think that we are all instilled with a creativity to come up with ways to connect more to each other as humans and to make the world a better place. So I would say it's really finding what you are creative in, that area that you're creative in. Because I get a lot of people who come to me and say, oh, I want to be a singer. I always wanted to be a singer, but I can't sing. Yeah. Maybe that's not your calling. And that's okay. <laughs> I always wanted to be a famous dancer. That was what I wanted to be when I was really little or a, really? a 
an ice skater. Like that was my dream. And I didn't because that wasn't my calling. My calling was to sing. So it's to find, I mean, really go into yourself and find what your calling is, find what you're passionate about. And when you find your passion, the creativity will flow. It can't help but flow. You just have to kind of move some of the roadblocks that are, that are blocking it. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. It, you know, you, we envy people who seemingly look like yourself that, you know, you were given such a great talent and, you know, how come we weren't given that talent? I want to sing, but I can't sing kind of thing. So but we all, we all have a talent, you know, we, yeah. we, we do. We just need to find it. And it's not as obvious as others. Um, I'm always I'm always amazed by people who sing, to be honest. Like, mm-hmm. man, it's it's like natural, that voice. Yeah, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. just like, where does that come from? Damn it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I, I think though. Sometimes we try singing, and we try it once, and it doesn't work out very well. So it's like, oh, I'm bad at singing, and then we give up trying. Yeah, but also, just because you might not be a professional singer, I still think everybody should sing, even if it's in the shower, in your car, by yourself. I think singing actually heals you. I think you can heal yourself by singing, even if it doesn't come out sounding amazing. Um, I think music is the key to the soul. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, I have a son, one son, he's like totally tone deaf and can't sing on key for anything. And yet he loves to sing. And, and you know, why wouldn't you let him? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it brings wow. him a lot of joy. Well, go for it. And we get some good laughs. So it's okay yeah. all in the end. <laughs> 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 We've only got like, a, a minute or two left, um, but I do want to thank each and both of you for for coming on the show because you're wonderful guests and just you brought a lot of fun and joy to the show today, don't you think, Fred? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, I, like I said, congrats for doing the 50 states. Really, it's really cool. I think it's something that a lot of people should do. You know, and and do you have any, do you have plans forward moving forward? What's the next goal? Well, everyone asks me if I'm going to visit all the countries now, and I've been to several countries, and I'm still kind of debating that, but I'm also thinking of doing another book, so I'm kind of thinking about that, and then I'm also thinking of revisiting all the states and maybe doing the same thing in every state, Um, because I I don't recall if I had ice cream in every state. (laughs) There you go. I said to my husband, he should do the the best, you know, the toilets in every state, because I think he hit a toilet in every state, really. It's the end of our show, folks. It is the end of our show. I'm so sorry. But thank you. Thank you again, Cerise Patron and Lori Spangler for coming on today and, and Fred for being my co-host and Karina for doing such a wonderful production job. We will see you all next week. Don't go anywhere. Uh, well, I guess you can go somewhere now because it is over. But come back next week. <laughs> oh, stay there until next week. Don't move. Yeah, don't thank move. You. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Shit, now you 